You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. Welcome back to Politics Weekly. I'm your host once again, uh, Nolan Cleary. Joining me today, uh, we have Katie. Uh, She is one of the hosts of a podcast called For Your Misinformation. Uh, Katie, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Nolan. So tell everybody a little bit about what you do on the For Your Misinformation podcast. Sure. So my background is in public health, and I've always been interested in politics, but I started to get kind of disillusioned because it felt like our country wasn't providing like an environment where people could be healthy. So I sort of switched my interest from public health to politics, and I just kind of felt like mainstream news was leaving out some of the, like, important context. Um, so And that, like, a lot of the women that I knew wanted to understand what was going on. I, the podcast came about during the first Trump impeachment. Um, so I wanted to explain, like, what was going on with impeachment with some context. And um, people really liked it. So I just kept going. So it's a little bit of, like true crime like there's episodes about Jeffrey Epstein but like that bleeds into politics so it's just it's um it's a lot of everything there's white supremacy we talk about misogyny but it all ties back to like what ends up going on in American politics and the goal is just to provide um context so like women can make like the best informed decisions for themselves Hmm. and um how how uh has the uh, audience response been to your podcast so far good um people i i get um a lot of people who are just like thankful to have somebody explaining stuff in plain terms and also i guess i should say it's not unbiased i'm very it's heavily biased it's all which you know doesn't mean untrue but i definitely have like a left-wing bias for sure All right. Well, with that being said, why don't we uh, jump into some of the news stories this week? Uh, So as you mentioned, the Trump impeachment, the second Trump impeachment uh, is ongoing. uh, But right now, uh, multiple Republicans uh, have suggested uh, that the impeachment should not go uh, forward due to the fact uh, that in their minds, it is unconstitutional to impeach a private citizen. Uh, so a recent, uh, a recent vote was taken uh, in the United States Senate to see how many people would, uh, how many votes they could get to uh, to impeach 
uh, to uh, see if they could get rid of the articles of impeachment uh, due to the fact that Donald Trump is no longer the president of the United States. Um, and uh, as of right now, there were 45 Republicans uh, that voted, or 45 senators, all of which being Republican, that voted uh, no, uh, or that voted that ye- uh, yes, it was unconstitutional, and 55 Republican, uh, 55 senators, I should say, that voted yes, it was, or no, that it was not contra, it was not constitu, it, it was constitutional, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, right now, um, Susan Collins, Republican senator of Maine, uh, she did uh, uh, vote uh, that it was constitutional to bring the articles of impeachment to the Senate even after Trump's presidency had ended. However, she has uh, played coy on whether she will vote to impeach the president or not. Collins has said that the president did uh, commit impeachable actions, but as she uh, personally believes, uh, there is no way the president will be convicted based on that vote. Uh, she and uh, and Democratic Virginia Senator Tim Kaine have introduced a bipartisan piece of legislature uh, of legislation to um, to censure Trump rather than impeach him. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on these new developments in uh, the United States Senate involving the uh, impeachment inquiry? Yeah, it it's I think it sets a, a dangerous precedent to assume that presidents can com- commit offenses in the last couple weeks of their term and then not be accountable for those, not face uh, consequences for them. Um, I also, I like to think about intent. So it seems to me that Republicans have, that the 45 that you mentioned that voted that um, impeachment is unconstitutional. It seems more to me that they are playing a game to see if they want they don't want to lose Trump voters. They don't want to lose their base. So it seems like they put feelers out, like Mitch McConnell mentioned that he might be in favor of impeachment. And uh, I don't know. It just seems I'm disappointed that only five think that only five Republicans think that he committed impeachable offenses and that they should go forward with it. Um, also because the framers don't mention it in the Constitution. There are things that they, they prohibit, and I think if they wanted to prohibit this from happening, um, I think they would have mentioned it. We've, like, former, not former presidents, but other former politicians have been impeached afterwards, and the goal seems explicitly to be to, to keep them from being in office again in the future. So we found out from Robert Mueller's investigation that you can't indict a sitting president. Well, now you also can't impeach a former president. Like, (laughs) I don't know. And it just, the other thing that makes me really frustrated about it is that it hasn't even happened yet. Like they're going to move forward with impeachment the week of the February 8th or 9th. But I just, it, I don't like that people are treating it like a foregone conclusion because they haven't heard witnesses. They haven't considered 
So I don't I do I think twelve more Republicans are gonna vote to convict and then maybe bar him from office again. I guess that's kind of a tall order, but I do think that that's clearly what should happen because there has to be like a strong response that says, no, we think it's bad when presidents incite riots that end up invading the Capitol. All right. Uh, Well, uh, moving on, uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley uh, is now claiming that he will not run for president in 2024. Uh, Hawley came under controversy um, because of many people accusing him uh, of helping to incite the riots uh, on January 6th. This was because Josh Hawley was one of uh, a few senators uh, that uh, that challenged the vote uh, for, uh, during the certification process for president of the United States. Uh, Hawley has long been considered a potential 2024 candidate for the presidency. Um, it should be noted that, uh, if Hawley were to run for the presidency in 2024, he may have to also juggle, uh, a U.S. Senate, uh, race, uh, that year, um, but he is now saying um, that he does not have any plans uh, to uh, run in 2024 for the presidency. What are your thoughts on that? Um, that's interesting. I actually hadn't read that. Um, I wonder why, because it did kind of seem like he was trying to position himself for that run. I wonder if, like, since the Republican base has clearly not distanced it from Trump, I wonder if he doesn't think, like, I don't know. I wonder if he thinks that more voters will be loyal to Trump or if he thinks Trump is going to run in 2024. But that is, that's interesting. But he's very young. He clearly, he's ambitious and he has, um, like, high hopes for the future. So I'm sure he's not going anywhere. All right. Uh, Well, moving on to the next story. Um, So Joe Biden's recent uh, immigration executive order may have already run into a speed bump in one uh, key state. Uh, This one executive order uh, attempted to put a halt on deportations for 30 days in multiple different areas. Uh, However, um, that, uh, that motion has been blocked in the state of Texas. Uh, Texas ruled, a court in Texas ruled it was unconstitutional uh, for Joe Biden uh, to issue uh, an executive order uh, barring all deportations from uh, their specific state for 30 days. It should be noted that the, the, uh, the order has not um, been barred in other states as of yet, although there is uh, ongoing litigation uh, involving uh, that executive order. Uh, what are your thoughts on Texas uh, blo- uh, blocking uh, Joe Biden's executive order uh, involving immigration in the state? Yeah, that's hard. It's I'm a little bit sympathetic because I know that the presidency has a lot more power, like executive power, than it did in the past. And I know that states don't like... Um, top-down orders, Um, but I also know that that judge was a Trump appointee, and um, 
he and McConnell have spent so much time in the last four years uh, putting really conservative judges on the court. So I am curious to see what other states, um, how they handle it. And I, I hope that, um, you know, that, <laughs> that it ends up um, after this like hold, I hope it goes through and ends up um, like just seeing these, um, seeing the people as community members and um, that they make our, that, I don't know, that they just make our country better and start thinking of them more as humans. But I guess we'll, we'll see. All right. Um, all right. So let's move on uh, to uh, the next story. Uh, the next story uh, is involving also the state of Texas. Um, this is involving potential secession uh, from the United States. Uh, this uh, is coming from uh, one Republican state lawmaker, uh, State Representative Kyle uh, Biederman. Uh, Biederman, um, uh, ha- uh, who is a hardware uh, store owner, uh, in his uh, free time, uh, and a obviously a state lawmaker and a gun dealer, um, has introduced a uh, referendum uh, on the state of Texas, which would um, allow it to be, if 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 successful, would allow it to uh, secede from the United States. Um, the uh, the piece of legislation uh, was opened up on January twelfth. Uh, Biederman said uh, in a statement, "quote." The federal government is out of control and does not represent the values of Texas. My office has been flooded with support from not only Texans, but from like-minded patriots across the country. Uh, What are your thoughts on this piece of legislation? Good question. Um, Well, first of all, I hope he's only taking... Uh, consideration from his own constituents because that's who he represents but um, I don't know the last time that part of the South wanted to secede um, didn't go well and the federal government like the reason that secession didn't happen during the Civil War is because the Union the federal government stood up and said like no we are one country and we are not going to um, you know accept slavery here um and that like strong federal leadership is part of what kept the country together between president lincoln and then ulysses s grant during reconstruction um so there's been like a long history of of course like different parts of america butting heads but to me we are one country and we are always striving towards progress and i'm i'm sure that there are a lot of people who are um, upset by <clears throat> about maybe what they see as like federal government overreach, but in the Civil War during Reconstruction, like President Grant um, instituted martial law because um, Southern states weren't enforcing like Emancipation and Reconstruction Acts. So I, zooming out and seeing the big picture, I'm not really like worried about it. I don't think it's going to work, um, but I just hope that they shift their view their perspective to be 
okay, we're going to be, we are going to continue to be one union. How are we going to move forward and make progress as one? And Joe Biden won the presidency. Democrats control the Senate. That's not what a lot of Texans are stoked for. It's not what they voted for. But I don't think that seceding because they lost an election is um, what's best for them or what's best for the country. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story. Uh, So the 2022 Ohio Senate race uh, has been heating up. Uh, This race recently gained some national attention uh, because because, uh, Senator, incumbent Republican Senator Rob Portman announced that he would be retiring in 2022 uh, over what he called quote-unquote partisan gridlock. Uh, Portman obviously was a uh, moderate Republican Um, And now there have been some rumors that Republicans may try to get somebody more uh, right wing into the position. Um, A uh, number of Republicans are rumored uh, for the seat, including uh, Attorney General uh, Dave or Ohio's Attorney General, I should say, Dave Yost, uh, former uh, congressman and uh, former uh, Senate uh, candidate Jim Renassi. Um, who was previously the nominee for United States Senate in 2018, uh, losing then to Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown. Um, but, um, and as uh, there are also some rumors that J.D. Vance, the author of the controversial book Hillbilly Elegy, could also potentially run for the seat as he is a resident of the state of Ohio. Um, right now, however, it does uh, appear as though the uh, leading candidate, although he hasn't announced, um, could be Josh Mandel, the former Ohio State Treasurer, who was also the nominee uh, for uh, a U.S. Senate seat in Ohio in 2012. Um, he ran against uh, Sherrod Brown unsuccessfully. Um, he has not announced, but he is thinking about uh, running for the seat. Um, Jim Jordan was a heavily rumored name. Jordan is a congressman uh, who's gained national attention for his uh, for his uh, strict alliance to President Trump. Um, Jordan uh, has announced that he plans to run for re-election in his district, uh, essentially uh, killing all uh, rumors that he would run for that seat. Meanwhile, the Democratic primary could be heating up. We previously reported in the last episode that Congressman and former 2020 Democratic candidate for president Tim Ryan uh, was potentially uh, thinking about running for the seat. He had expressed interest uh, in it. Now it looks like a number of other prominent Democrats in the state are thinking about running for United States Senate. Uh, Joyce Beatty, uh, another Ohio congresswoman, um, is hoping uh, to uh, become uh, the next, uh, is hoping to run for that seat. Um, if she were to run and win that seat, she would be just the third black woman in history uh, to be a United States senator. Um, uh, Nan Whaley, the mayor, the current mayor of Dayton, Ohio, uh, is thinking about running. 
um, according to reports. Um, Michael Coleman, the former mayor of Columbus, Ohio, he was the longest serving mayor in history, um, has, uh, has been mulling a run, apparently. And Amy Akin, the former director of the Ohio Department of Health, has also uh, uh, played coy about allegations that she's thinking about running uh, for that seat. What are your thoughts on the development in the Ohio uh, Senate race? Um, obviously, uh, in past years, Ohio has been competitive. Barack Obama did manage to carry the state both times he ran. However, the state has been leaning in a more uh, Republican direction in past years with President Trump winning the state both times by eight points. What are your thoughts uh, on the development? Yeah, I'm fascinated by the Ohio Senate race. I can't wait to see like how that plays out. And actually, Hillbilly Elegy has been on my reading list, so that's a good reminder to actually read that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it'll be really telling because we're in we're in a really weird period in history, like where there is there have been three waves of the KKK before this. We are kind of in like another wave of white supremacy um, now, and like that is one of the reasons that I think it's good that Joe Biden included called out white supremacy in his inauguration address but it'll be really interesting to see because like you mentioned um a moderate republican is retiring and there are just not that many moderate republicans left so it'll be really interesting to see who ends up getting that uh nomination who wins that republican primary and like what that'll tell us about what the like the temperature of the Republican Party and whether it's going to we're getting more polarized or closer together so that I mean that'll be such a fascinating race I have no idea what's going to happen but it'll be it'll be telling I think all right uh well uh with that being said uh let's move on to the next story so uh in regards to the uh in addition to the Ohio story I should say uh another heavily watched Senate race uh, in 2021, will be the Arizona Senate race. Uh, now, if you'll remember this past year, uh, Mark Kelly uh, won a special election to fill the seat of the late deceased Senator John McCain. He flipped the seat for the first time since the 1950s, uh, winning a special election. However, because that was a special election and not a regular election, he will have to run again in 2022 for a full six-year term. Republicans are hoping now that this is a, uh, uh, now that Joe Biden will be president, um, and there could be potentially uh, fewer turnout in these upcoming midterms, uh, that they might have a chance uh, of turning Arizona red again if they are able to defeat Mark Kelly in a 2022 general election setting. Um, uh, uh, however, it should be noted, there is one Republican candidate, one prominent Republican candidate that many uh, in the party were, uh, was hoping would run, who has now ruled himself out, that being the current governor of the state. The Republican governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey, has said that he does not have any interest in running to be the state's governor. Ducey has said um, that he uh, is not 
interested in the seat, and he will not run. Uh, Ducey was heavily rumored. He is currently in his second term as Arizona's governor. Arizona only allows uh, governors to be uh, around for two years, which means that Doug Ducey uh, will not be eligible to run uh, for a third term in 2022. Many Republicans were hoping um, that maybe he would run for that race. Uh, he has now taken his name out of consideration. What are your thoughts on Doug Ducey choosing not to run in a potentially crucial competitive Senate race that Republicans were hoping to take back? Yeah, that, I mean, that will definitely be a competitive race to watch. Um, I know Mark Kelly is like a popular person who is like pretty affable. People like him, but of course um, we know what happens in midterm elections uh, and there's usually a backlash against the party that has majority power so I think um, I'm glad to hear that Doug Ducey is not running I think he has a personality that is not really uh, suited for governing Um, and I think the pandemic has made that like not just with him but with um, governors who not just governors but all politicians but governors have such a big impact on a um, on a state's response so like he did it and I'm probably more critical than the average person because my education and work before I started this podcast was in public health but pandemic his, his response to the pandemic was just made me think that he doesn't really have um he just doesn't consider problems the way that I think like big political problems, policy problems should be um, considered. So I'm curious to see who the Republican nominee is instead of him. I'm, I hope that he is returning to life as a private citizen. Um, but yeah, that'll be a really interesting race to watch as well. Those, the midterms will be, I mean, who knows, but this is with the Senate at 50, 50 and then like midterms coming up there. It, there's, we really do have, like, I would be shocked if we have a blue trifecta for more than two years. So we have, like, any any policies that Biden and his administration are hoping to get done, I think, really have to happen in, like, the next year before uh, people start running for re-election in the House and some of the Senate. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I would not be shocked if Arizona went back red, but... Maybe if there's somebody running who's a little bit less um, well-known than Doug Ducey, maybe it'll be a closer race. Right. And, in, uh, of course, in 2022, uh, obviously Republicans uh, only need one seat, uh, need to right. gain one seat to get the Senate back. But the, the big question is, can they win in some of the crucial races like Arizona? Um, I forgot to mention, obviously, I talked about this on the last episode, um, recently, the Arizona Republican Party did uh, censure Doug Ducey uh, for uh, what they believed was not uh, doing enough um, in the uh, in the uh, twenty uh, not not doing enough uh, to combat um, some of the results of the twenty twenty presidential election in the state of Arizona, where Joe Biden narrowly won. Um, Moving on to the next story. So Donald Trump 
uh, has um, has not been heard from uh, much since leaving the White House uh, a few weeks ago. Um, however, he is starting to creep his way back into the spotlight. Uh, specifically, Trump has uh, issued a new hit. Uh, there are reports now that Trump has a new hit list um, of people he uh, potentially uh, is looking at um, uh, a hit list of people that he is uh, potentially looking at that includes a number of Republicans uh, that he believes were disloyal to him. Uh, reportedly, uh, some of the Republicans on that reported list uh, include uh, Republicans uh, who voted in the House for Donald Trump's impeachment. If you remember, there were nine Republicans that voted to impeach the president uh, after the events on January 6th involving uh, the violent Capitol protests. Uh, Trump um, uh, reportedly, according to uh, press reports, uh, Liz Cheney, uh, the number three Republican in the House, the congresswoman from Wyoming, uh, and the daughter of uh of former vice president Dick Cheney is on that list. Uh Cheney came under controversy uh for voting uh for um for uh uh Trump's impeachment uh despite being in a state that voted for Trump by 70% more than any other state in the uh in the United States currently. Um Cheney has been heavily rumored uh, to be voted out in 2022 uh, of her current position uh, and potentially even her seat. Um, and reportedly, uh, Donald Trump wants to primary uh, wants to back one of her primary uh, challengers. Uh, Trump uh, Trump's press team has also reportedly denied uh, ongoing rumors that Trump would start a Patriot Party. Uh, there were previously rumors that Donald Trump was planning to start his own party, um, uh, which would be called the Patriot Party, uh, and that he might run uh, on that party line. That led to many Republican politicians becoming worried that he could uh, seal any potential hope uh, that Republicans had of defeating either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris in 2024. Um, the, the Trump press team has put those uh, rumors to bed. They said that they want to help out Republicans. Uh, right now, uh, they are currently, uh, Trump is currently making it a priority uh, to try and uh, help Republicans get the House back in 2022. Um, obviously, Republicans uh, need just nine or 10 seats uh, to take back the House in 2022. Uh, we don't know what's go, uh, you know, what the results of the uh, New York twenty second congressional district race will be, um, but if if Republicans win that seat, uh, they'll need just nine seats to gain a majority. Uh, if they don't win that seat, they'll need ten seats uh, to gain a majority. Um, and uh, so, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, on on Trump's? role in politics since departing the presidency. Yeah, so I thought that the January 6th um, protest that turned into a riot 
was going to be like a clear a wake up call to Republicans that like the Trump brand of Republicanism is un-American and the fact that he has a list of people who were disloyal to him like that is bonkers I mean I know that we are four years into Trump world so like of the things that he's done that doesn't sound that bad but like an American politician having a list of people who were disloyal to him to like divide retribution between is bonkers um, I really commend Liz Cheney because for her bravery. Like I, so I live in Illinois. It's a deep blue state. There is one Republican House member, Adam Kinzinger, who is one of the ones that uh, voted in the House for impeachment, and he is not. I, I think because he's in a deep blue state. I mean, he's in a red district, but I think he's probably going to be fine. I think the people of Illinois, like he is one of the few moderate ish Republicans left. I mean, he votes with Trump 90 or 92 percent of the time, but at least he had the moral courage to stand up like Liz Cheney did and say that that's unacceptable. Um, I'm not surprised, uh, but I do like, I, I feel like there's a missed opportunity and I guess it's not completely missed because like maybe through the impeachment trial, people will start to put distance between themselves and Trump. But I almost wish that he would start a Patriot Party, that it would peel off only, like, only the most hardcore supporters, and then, like, the rest could just go back to being, like, moderate Republicans, because we need two parties in this country. Like, one-party rule is not a democracy. So we need an opposition party. I just wish that it was one that like removed the Trump uh, I don't know I call it a cancer but maybe that's too mean but I I wish that that would happen because then we could like we could unify against the Patriot Party because that's what the Confederacy called themselves during the Civil War too they called themselves the real Patriots so I just that would be nice I think since there's not going to be one it's actually going to be like more confusing and harder to figure out like what the Republican Party really is about because this was such a perfect opportunity for them to distance themselves from Trump and they've obviously chosen not to. I mean, Kevin McCarthy just flew down to Florida to make sure that they were still friends. So, I don't know. I'm disappointed. I don't know what's going to happen. But to me, that um, that like hyper-nationalist stuff has got to go. All right. Well, let's uh, jump on to the next topic. You actually mentioned what I was going to talk about for the next topic, so you you predicted that. Um, so uh, Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, also currently the number one Republican in the United States House of Representatives, could potentially become Speaker should Republicans uh, retain uh, regain the U.S. House of Representatives in 2022, uh, did fly down to Florida, Donald Trump's home in Florida, uh, to meet with the now former President of the United States. Uh, Trump assured uh, McCarthy in a statement later on that he uh, was uh, planning to help Republicans regain the House uh, by endorsing multiple candidates uh, for the House in 2022. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kevin McCarthy flying down to meet with President Trump? Yeah, um, I think that 
politically, it's the smart thing to do uh, for them if that if their interest is in get, regaining power. Um, I think the much harder and much more right thing to do uh, would have been to distance themselves from it um, because he, he incited a riot that almost got members of his own house murdered. I mean, it, like it very could have could very easily could have gone a lot worse. So I would not be forgiving him so quickly. I would not be flying down to Florida. I would be, I just, I feel like we are really missing an opportunity to unite as a country against the, violent insurrection that Donald Trump caused and say like, hey, woof, that was a weird four years. Let's move forward uh, in a much more I don't even know, um, like cordial way. Like, uh, So I just feel like it's a missed opportunity. I'm really I'm sad about it, but I guess not surprised. Alright. Well, let's uh, move on to the next story. Um, so the next story is regarding David Jolly. David Jolly was a former moderate Republican member of the United States House of Representatives. Uh, he's been closely aligned with the Lincoln Project, the anti-Trump Republican uh, movement. Um, he has since identified as an independent. Um, uh, David Jolly uh, is considering a run for the United States Senate in Florida once again uh, in the year 2022 uh, against Marco Rubio. Um, the, uh, the race uh, right now, Jolly, has said, however, that he would, if, if he were to run, he would not run as a Republican or a Democrat. He would run as an independent um, if he were to run. Jolly says he has not made up his mind yet, but he is heavily considering a run for that seat. What are your thoughts on David Jolly potentially uh, running against Marco Rubio and a Democrat, whichever Democrat ends up going up against Marco Rubio in 2022? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel towards Marco Rubio, I think the way that I feel towards most uh, Republican senators who keep, it just seems like he's trying to not like rock the boat. So I would be in favor of um, a more independently minded politician taking over that spot. I don't know if Florida is amenable to independence, um, especially if it's going to be like a three-way race if I don't know I guess we'll see but would he run in the Republican primary against Rubio and then one of them would be the nominee or would they would the, end up both of like sorry go ahead the, the current thing that he is saying is that he would run as an independent in the general election so Rubio would still okay. be on the ballot there would still be a Democrat on the ballot going against Rubio, but he would still be on the ballot uh, as an independent if he was able to get ballot access. Gotcha. Yeah, that would be fascinating. I I would support him over Marco Rubio, I think. I, uh, 
I would also be interested to see if Ivanka Trump is going to run in that race because I think she has mentioned having political ambitions too. So that's another race that's definitely going to be a good one to look out for and see if we're moving in a more moderate direction or if we're going to become more polarized again. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, let's move on to the next story. So... Uh, one congressman is already taking, um, uh, one California congressman is already taking precautions to try and expel, uh, a controversial freshman, uh, congresswoman, Republican congresswoman from the United States House of Representatives, uh, California, Democratic California, uh, House member Jimmy Gomez, uh, has, uh, filed a resolution to expel Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, over past controver- uh, over past controversies, uh, Greene has been uh, very controversial uh, due to uh, multiple uh, controversies uh, in the past, uh, specifically uh, her support for uh, the QAnon uh, conspiracy theory, the conspiracy theory that. Uh, that a uh, group of pedophiles uh, are controlling uh, multiple um, areas of government and entertainment um, and that a secret person named Q is trying to stop them. She previously, before her run for public office, uh, supported those ideas, uh, although she has distanced herself from that since then. There has also been some more controversy recently uh, because uh, it's come out that in the past she entertained uh, 9-11 conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories that uh, 9-11 was an inside job. The uh, September 11th, 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center were committed by the United States government. Um, and uh, for uh, a recent controversy uh, in which she allegedly um, influenced uh, followers on social media to attack uh, uh, David Hogg, David Hogg being uh, one of the survivors of the uh, Stoneman Douglas High School shooting uh, back in 2018. Um, many, um, uh, many members of Congress uh, have previously called on Green to resign. Um, however, she has declined. Um, she is in one of the most conservative districts uh, of Georgia, meaning that um, if she isn't expelled or she doesn't resign, uh, it's very likely, should, should she choose to run again in two years, that she would win unless she were uh, to be defeated uh, in a Republican primary setting. Um, he, um, Green was also the first congresswoman and right now the only Republican member of Congress to file articles of impeachment uh, against uh, President Joe Biden. Uh, Gomez would like to expel her. However, it might be a harder task uh, than uh, might seem, um, as Gomez will need a super uh, majority in Congress. He will need a two-thirds majority uh, of voters uh, to go along with him in the United States House of Representatives in order to successfully uh, get Green expelled from the House. What are your thoughts on the attempt 
to expel controversial Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene? I love this question. Um, She's been on my radar for a really long time, ever since she won her Republican primary, because she's in such a deep red district. Like, I have been worried about her joining Congress ever since then, um, because conspiracy theories are dangerous. Like, she... Like, believing 9-11 was an inside job is not as dangerous as, like, the QAnon stuff, but, like, the um, the big lie that the elect, there was election fraud and that the election was stolen, like, that in itself is also a conspiracy theory. She is clearly prone to believing conspiracy theories. Um, I think that that just takes away some of the legitimacy of, like, the Republican Party. Like, that they are fine with having her represent them in Congress. And like you said, it's a deep red district. If they kick her out, they're going to get another Republican, but hopefully just not one that's about QAnon conspiracy theories. Um, so I think she has no business being in Congress. Uh, and then my last, my last thought that has just been something that's bothering me recently um, is hearing... And I, I, I don't know, I guess this is like the closest comparison that you can make, but people talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez like they are equally ridiculous people or equally outrageous people. And there are certainly a lot of conservatives who think that AOC's policy proposals are not going to happen here or not good to happen here, but like her policy proposals are based on things that are already going on in like in other more democratically socialist countries. Marjorie Taylor Greene's policy proposals are, I mean, I don't know if she has policy proposals. Um, introducing impeachment uh, articles against Joe Biden is a joke. Like, it's just, she's not a serious person. She shouldn't be in Congress. There should be another... Oh, there should just there's definitely like a more qualified person. I think that it's the right move. And honestly, I think that Republicans should be in favor of it too because I just think she makes a joke out of I mean Congress as a, as a whole, but like if they're happy to have her, then that just like lends credibility to it to her and it's frustrating. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next story. Uh, So there's already being pushback um, or a lot of controversy coming from both sides uh, over uh, a recent uh, controversy involving the stock market. Uh, Recently, a group of traders uh, on the stock market that came from a uh, subreddit called r slash Wall Street Bets um, was... uh, made the news uh, for pumping uh, uh, for pumping uh, trade uh, for the markets um, on uh, two uh, major uh, retail companies or, or one rate major retail company another movie theater company uh, that are currently both struggling right now uh, the major retail company was gamestop uh, they pumped the market uh, to get uh, gamestop um, uh, shares up by buying uh, lots of shares on GameStop. Uh, they also um, 
they also pumped the market to buy more shares uh, for AMC, a business that has been a movie theater business that has been struggling uh, since the pandemic uh, largely uh, restricted people's abilities to go see movie theater, uh, to go see movies in movie theaters um, and, you know, people's fears about seeing movies in movie theaters with the pandemic. Um, their stocks were way up uh, after this happened. Um, now multiple uh, people have been taking uh, actions to try and stop this from happening again. Uh, the Wall Street uh, Bets subreddit was uh, deleted. Um, and in addition to that, uh, the um, on the app Robinhood, they temporarily restricted uh, some of the bets you could make uh, on businesses uh, like uh, AMC and GameStop. Now multiple politicians are taking uh, efforts, they're taking moves to try and look into uh, this case. Um, right now, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, New York Congresswoman, has uh, suggested uh, bringing um, witnesses to the House floor to, uh, to investigate whether Robinhood restricting trade on GameStop was legal or not. Um, other people have been threatening lawsuits uh, against uh, the app Robinhood for the trading app Robinhood for uh, doing that. Uh, Ted Cruz has voiced uh, anger over this. Multiple Republicans have, including uh, the president of the United States' son, Donald Trump Jr. President Joe Biden uh, has also uh, suggested that he may look into that case. What are your thoughts uh, on uh, on the the story involving the stock market being pumped uh, to increase uh, stocks uh, and shares for um, apps or, or for businesses like AMC and GameStop that have been struggling in the past previously on the verge of bankruptcy before this. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts on Robin Hood steps and what are your thoughts on the steps of multiple politicians responding to Robin Hood's controversial actions? Yeah, this is a fascinating story. I, I feel like a little bit removed by removed from it because like, and I'm so curious about what's going to happen. I'm not like invested in an outcome either way but I would love to hear like people's and it seems like there's bipartisan agreement to hear like what happened and why does it seem like like Wall Street is allowed to manipulate stocks for their benefit but that Reddit users are not um and I guess the other reason that I'm like, I feel a little bit removed from it is that I think only like 50% of Americans or something like that hold stocks. So it, it affects them, but it doesn't affect all Americans, like Americans that don't have money to invest stocks in stocks are probably not um, super impacted by it. But I am, I'm very curious to see what happens. I also... Um, being from Illinois, the richest person in Illinois is Ken Griffin, and I believe he has something to do with the Robin Hood app. Um, and I'm not a fan of Ken Griffin, so he has he's a uh, he has fifty fifteen billion dollars, 
he spent forty six million of that uh, so <laughs> Uh, lobbying against Illinois' fair tax amendment that was in November. So Illinois has a flat tax rate. Everybody in Illinois pays 4% of their income tax, whether you're Ken Griffin and you have $15 billion or you're a normal person and you have no billions of dollars. Um, so the fair tax would have been like a really, a really good progressive uh, way to tax people who have over $250,000 in Illinois. Um, at a higher rate so that we could get rid of our deficits. And Ken Griffin is single-handedly responsible for that fair tax amendment not passing. So I'm not a fan of Ken Griffin. He does some shady stuff. Um, He donates, you know, I mean, he donates the maximum amount of money that he can, but he just, he obviously has more influence over politics than I do because he's a billionaire and and can afford to do stuff like that. So I'm anti-King Griffin. I bet there's some shady stuff going on with that Robin Hood app. Uh, I'm, and I'm very curious to like keep an eye on this story because it's, it's fascinating. I, and I wonder Hello? So. Alright. Uh, well, let's move on to uh, the next story. Uh, some new disturbing, potential, po- uh, potentially disturbing details, if they uh, turn out uh, to be true, um, involving uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, previously, over the summer, uh, there were reports um, uh, that uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, that the state of New York had been putting um, COVID patients uh, into nursing homes throughout the state of New York, uh, leading to multiple uh, elderly uh, people dying after catching uh, COVID-19. Um, one, uh, a recent uh, report from Democratic Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, uh, may uh, indicate that the nursing home deaths may have been worse than previously expected. Uh, according to a report from James, who is of the same party as Governor Cuomo, um, nursing home deaths may have been 50% higher uh, than reported. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on this, uh, on this uh, report from uh, Attorney General James? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally surprised. Um, I, my best friend works in a nursing home in New Jersey. So I have been, um, hearing what's going on inside nursing homes for a long time, like since the beginning, sorry, since the pandemic began and it's really sad and I'm sure there are undercounts. Um, and I guess not just in nursing homes, but I'm sure there are high undercounts in nursing homes too. Um, but that, that, you know, of course it needs to be investigated and gotten to the bottom too. Um, it's so far I'm impressed by Letitia James. I hope she keeps, um, it seems like she's just interested in holding people accountable, which is exactly what somebody in her position should be doing. And I, I appreciate that she's not, uh, afraid to go after Governor Cuomo as well. All right. Um, so uh, let's uh, move on to the final story 
that I have up here, uh, which involves former uh, Republican Michigan governor uh, Rick Snyder. Rick Snyder uh, was, of course, governor um, uh, for uh, the state of, uh, uh, of Michigan from 2011 to 2019. Um, right now, um, it is looking like, uh, like Snyder could be prosecuted um, for his role in the Flint water crisis. Um, he is currently going to court um, for, uh, for the charges. There was a special counsel, um, you know, hired to investigate the case. Um, Snyder was highly criticized during his time as governor uh, when he, for a long time, claimed there was no uh, pollution in the water supply. Um, and, um, and it turned out uh, that there was, obviously. Um, but um, Governor, uh, now um, there uh, is currently uh, evidence that found he may have been involved, um, that he may be uh, prosecuted for his role uh, in that. Um, he's obviously fighting the charges. His attorney uh, is fighting the charges. Um, but uh, right now, and, and right now his attorney is also asking the judge to dismiss the charges uh, against uh, Governor Snyder, saying that the evidence might have been tainted. Um, however, um, right now, uh, he, uh, it looks like he will be facing charges. What are your thoughts on that? It is such a relief to hear that this is finally getting addressed. I can't believe it took so long. Like, what happened in Flint was an atrocity. And not even, like... Not, of course, like, the water contamination was horrible. That's a huge public health issue. Like, there should be... There's no acceptable amount of lead in water. Um, <laughs> like... Your, the amount of lead you should have in your body is zero, but um, and the lead levels that they found in those kids especially is, is just like it's very sad and this is, I hope will become like a landmark public health case sort of like Aaron Brockovich did but just, it's good to see somebody um, in a position of power facing consequences for um for harming a community that doesn't have a lot of the resources to fight back. Um, but, and, and just the other thing about Flint that was so crazy is that when they were trying to address their own issues, um, emergency manager, emergency like budget managers were put in place who, you know, weren't members of those communities and they were tasked with making the decisions for Flint. And that just doesn't seem democratic either. So a lot of missteps in Flint, um, but glad that, you know, there's some accountability uh, happening now for sure. It, it seems rich to me that uh, he would say that some of the evidence was contaminated because there is just so much evidence, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm excited to hear how that will go forward. All right, Katie, thank you again for joining me this week. Uh, before you go, do you want to tell people uh, where you can find uh, the For Your Misinformation podcast and also where you can be found on social media? Oh, sure. Thank you. So 
I think um, For Your Misinformation is on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you want to get your podcasts. We come out with new episodes every Monday. Um, you can follow us at FYMIPod on Instagram or Twitter. Instagram is probably where the more uh, interesting information ends up. Um, and if you would like to follow me on Instagram, my uh, handle is at KT underscore McHoo, M-C-W-H-O. Uh, and if, especially if you live in Illinois, I post a lot of stuff about local Illinois, Illinois politics and what's going through like the state legislature and stuff like that. So if you are an Illinois resident and you're trying to get more informed about what's going on here, like with the criminal justice bill that just got passed but hasn't been signed by the governor yet, um, you might like my content. All right. Thank you again for joining and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, make sure to stay tuned in a few weeks. We will have our 100th episode. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for that. Thanks. Bye. After four seasons, it's finally coming. Politics Weekly, the 100th episode coming soon.